16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk, and uh, we now go under the microscope and uh, we uh, take stock of uh, the happenings in the transport sector. Now, our Transport Minister Figil Mbalula and stakeholders in the taxi industry recently launched a national taxi Lihutla public discourse platform. And the minister is really hoping that uh, the dialogue will help tackle issues such as taxi violence, formalization, uh, regulation, and subsidies, and uh, all manner of other issues. And uh, he joins me now on the line, the Minister of Transport. Minister, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening, uh, Ayabonga and uh, your Metro listeners. Good evening to everybody. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Minister, uh, you know, just with the taxi industry, um, and uh, we'll certainly touch on some of the other uh, uh, industries that your ministry oversees, but uh, it seems that the big push is really towards formalizing the sector uh, so that it's in a position to be able to recapitalize itself from time to time. And I'm quite interested in whether, you know, uh, this particular uh, uh, um, collaboration that you have now with the industry is uh, going to be different to the other waves of uh, recapitalization and uh, uh, dialogue that we've had in the past, which uh, for all accounts have certainly not uh, panned out as intended. It's totally different. We're going to uh, the quota uh, to reach an agreement on... Uh, uh, about uh, three to four issues. Formalization, regulating the industry, mm. uh, unity of the industry, empowerment model, and uh, subsidy of the industry. We seek agreement on those issues. So this Lihutla is really, really about that and focused. And there is not just an open-ended talk show. It seeks to take us a step further from where we ended. If you construct a road and then uh, you don't finish it, this is the case. It is an mm -hmm. unfinished road path and uh, we are constructing from where our predecessors ended in taking it forward. And uh, these are the key fundamental uh, highways that uh, we need to construct to make our road uh, good and all of that. Mm. Well, where would you say your predecessors left the process? I mean, uh, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking also about uh, the impact that uh, these processes might have on owners, operators, the drivers themselves as workers in the sectors, queue marshals and everybody else uh, who is working in the informal sector around the taxi industry. A lot of work has been done from uh, Minister Dalla Omar. I mean, let me start by acknowledging Mark Maharaj Dalla Omar. Uh, was a game changer. And uh, it took us to the establishment of the National Taxi Task Team, uh, which uh, then began the discussion and led to the formation of Santaco, which started the Santaco. And then uh, that's when all the warring factions of the taxis came under one roof. And there was uh, agreement on how taxi industry is going to operate but it did not go to the, you know, uh, uh, final conclusion. Because first, you, you have had, they dealt with formalization, but it was not concluded. And then they dealt with regulating the industry. It was also not uh, taken to the logical conclusion. And then uh, they dealt with uh, partly the empowerment model, but it was just scraping over, you know, uh, cracks. And uh, it was not uh, totally finalized. So what we are doing now, uh, Ayabonga and your listeners, 
is to basically say you want to subsidize the taxi industry uh, to make it more safer, to make mm-hmm. it more accessible, and uh, to make it professional. And in doing so, you've got to meet them halfway. And in this particular instance, the means of mass transport include taxi. Taxi industry transport 15 million commuters a day. It's, uncompared, it's uncomparable to any of the other transport modes that also uh, we're dealing with. So in this particular instance, bus industries were subsidized, uh, trains uh, uh, were subsidized in terms of passenger rail, and the taxi industry was basically left flat. So we are closing that. Mm-hmm. We will subsidize mm-hmm. the industry, and then we will be able to formalize and address all the outstanding issues in terms of employment and uh, in terms of uh, tax regime in the country. I know taxi people do pay tax, but not corporate tax. In this particular instance, they'll be part of that. And then taxi industry and its owners will be registered as business. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, in terms of the empowerment model, we seek to create an environment of a value chain for the industry. You put on the tires, you buy the body of the taxi, there is a value chain and benefit for the industry. And our model is basically looking at creating what we call corporate bank for the taxi industry. Mm. To play, to serve what function? Or maybe, let's pause here for a second and take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, I, want to, I want you maybe to unpack this issue of the cooperative bank and we'll also touch on what's happening in our railways uh, and uh, okay. we'll maybe also talk about enforcement on the roads under alert level uh, two of the lockdown. Stay tuned. Nine minutes it is before uh, eight, uh, 9 p.m., I should say, and uh, we're under the microscope uh, this evening with uh, the uh, Transport Minister, uh, Minister Figuilem Balula. And, uh, Minister, before we went to the break, you were touching on uh, the emergence of a cooperative bank, and uh, I guess it's a timely intervention if you think about uh, some of the uh, lending relationships that taxi operators have uh, with some of the financiers here being charged anything between uh, 26 and 28% in interest. Uh, at a time where prime lending rates are at historic lows. Uh, how is this cooperative bank going to function? And uh, I guess the big question is, how is it going to change heavily unequal value chain relationships in this industry? The cooperative bank uh, approach, it is uh, uh, packaged in the context of the empowerment model. Uh, at the present moment, uh, anything that exists for the taxi industry uh, it is an individual uh, benefit or uh, initiative that has been taken. You know, we've got those that exist at the present moment. Uh, but uh, there is nothing that you can basically say it benefits from a point of view of the value chain, uh, from a point of view of lending rebates and all of that for the taxi industry. Uh, in this particular instance, the cooperative the corporate bank, which we are still working on uh, the details of the nature uh, of it, will basically be of benefit to the taxi owner or the person who wants to own or purchase a taxi uh, 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 vehicle. And then uh, it will follow uh, standards, you know, that uh, uh, for every taxi that you purchase will actually be the same. We know that we've got that. 
But uh, I don't want to go into details of that, but the robustness will expose that. The taxi industry got the raw deal in everything that happened in our country uh, because we are saying it is a 40 billion rand industry, mm. but how do we see that translating into the pocket of the owner? How do we see that translating into professionalization? We don't see that. It is basically uh, an industry that is black, and uh, African, but at the end of the day, uh, Africans can't not be proud of this particular industry sure, as compared, sure, sure. you know, to buses and all of that. So, cooperative uh, bank will be a bank where I am an owner. I can actually minimum standards be able to purchase a vehicle, but at the same time, I will not be under pressure to basically pay about fifteen thousand. 18,000, depending, uh, to maintain this particular sure, vehicle sure. as an installment because of all other interest from what the banks are charging the taxi industry at the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we are looking at that particular model and also benchmarking that uh, with other countries that have uh, implemented a model of mm-hmm. formalization and subsidy by the state into the taxi industry. Okay. All right. No, Minister, and I think that's a, a certainly a very interesting move. Uh, we had a conversation uh, here last week uh, with one of the cooperative banks uh, who certainly explained and outlined how they would function. And I certainly hope some assistance will be provided in assisting the industry to go through the processes with the Prudential Authority to set that up. Let's shift to Prasa quickly. Uh, now, yesterday, the Western Cape High Court Judge Nathan Erasmus set aside the appointment of Bongesizu Mbondo as the administrator at Prasa. Now, uh, uh, I want to ask you if you have been able to read that judgment or had an opportunity to uh, engage with it and uh, maybe explain to us, I guess, uh, how you would respond to the assertion that there was no legal basis for the appointment of an administrator at Prasa. Well, I will not want to discuss what the judge said yesterday. Uh, uh, our lawyers, uh, state attorney, uh, and uh, our lawyers and ourselves, we are, uh, we are, we are, we are studying the judgment. And uh, we should be in a position to pronounce by next week as to the legal standing of that judgment and its impact on us uh, going forward and uh, what do we need to do about it. And so we'll outline all of that by next week. At the present moment, uh, the lawyers are busy and uh, we are also busy reading the judgment. We got it today. And uh, so we are reading the judgment uh, word for word and uh, paragraph by paragraph. And the learned friends uh, will basically advise as to mm. uh, is there anything uh, that uh, we can challenge or we need to challenge uh, in terms of the judgment. But politically, let me tell you this. I've never had any problem to establish a board at Prasa. We will do that. We are busy with that. And uh, the court did not uh, say we must not do that. It simply said that uh, it has taken long. We agree with that. Mm. It has taken long. And uh, myself is not business as usual. As you can see, six months Mbondo into office, he has done a splendid job. And uh, we can demonstrate that. Uh, we have been able to deal with elements of stability, bring uh, into life management into place, build the place. That place is broken. The judge agrees 
that we have inherited a mess. And mm. uh, some semblance of uh, stability is beginning to rise. We've got huge challenges of security and contracts at Praza. Praza, uh, Ayabonga has been uh, a milk, a, 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 what a, a pitless, you know, uh, uh, place where in which state has been uh, putting huge resources, no value, all corrupt people, crooks, and all sorts of colors are lined up at Prasa. Contracts awarded were found to be unlawful. We have been mm. fighting, Bondo has been fighting in court in and out security contracts that are illegal and irregular in and out of court. So it's been a legal battle. But uh, nonetheless, we have managed, you know, to bring that semblance, interrupted yeah. by COVID, interrupted by COVID. Uh, but uh, for the first time in six months, there's not been mm. a talk of sure. any corruption at Brasa except chasing the corrupt. Okay. Chola, I want us maybe to pause here because I, I think Zofnega has been a super for a second installment here. I think there's a lot of issues I want us to talk about. Uh, but Maybe a last yeah. question in the last minute that we have here. Amended uh, regulations under alert level uh, lockdown 2, opening up uh, domestic air travel. And uh, we had a chat yesterday about uh, the airports company of South Africa uh, begging and pleading for the national borders to be opened, for uh, the skies to be reopened once again for international travel. Is that a case that you are going to be making before some of your colleagues uh, uh, within cabinet and uh, in other fora where some of these decisions are made? Because we don't, we know that, you know, there's no one who can unilaterally make the decision about that particular issue. Are you going to be making the case? No, we, 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 we're working very hard. I just came from cabinet now. We're meeting every week and triple C is inexhausting, you know, more than even the normal period. Uh, what we are looking at now is the next phase already, level one. Mm. Uh, among others, we're looking at uh, ourselves, but we're looking also about our global competitors, but other countries. Remember, before the lockdown, we had uh, countries that we classified, those that were less risky and those that were risky countries. You know, United States, everybody, United Kingdom, uh, Italy, and so on were risky. And then uh, Dubai come down, there were less. And then now the skies are open in most countries. It's only in the African continent where in which uh, we have not begun to open the skies, except for Tanzania. I saw in the past week uh, they opened the skies. At the present moment, Sakar, which is civil aviation, AXA, and uh, all our eight entities, ATNS, and our branch of uh, civil aviation, together with tourism, we are looking at uh, the models of other countries working with health, the next phase of opening the skies uh, internationally, and how we are going to do that. Of course, there will be new measures, new normal. You get tested when you get where you are going. And if mm. the results prove to be negative, you return right there and there. So these are some of the things that are going to obtain in relation to the new normal when we open up the international. So we are already on that. We are already dealing with that. Uh, we will then pro 
we will then project that in the main streams of the net joint. The net joints involves all the work streams, legal and all of that, and mm-hmm. then transport, and then we will net joints will then report every week. It reports to national uh, command council. Command council okay. takes matters to cabinet. Minister? Cabinet decides. So we are already dealing with that. Thank you very much. Minister, repeat his processes, but we'll have to leave it there. I certainly hope we can have a part two of the conversation. <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Uh, Minister Figilem Balula, the Minister of Transport. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. One minute it is after 9 p.m. Governors is pass up in Dambu. We're going to have to leave it here. As always, a pleasure to be with you all. Thank you.